Heavenly Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that you continue, O oh Lord, to guide our steps each and every day, my God. We pray, O oh Lord, that you, you lead us, O oh Lord, not into temptation, my God, but you lead us, O oh Lord, in the path of righteousness each and every day like you have been doing, my God. Heavenly Father, let us not fall to the side, to the wayside, O oh Lord, to the left or to the right, O oh Lord, but let us follow your steps, my God. Heavenly Father, let us open your word daily, O oh Lord, and worship your and praise and worship your word, my God, for you tell us and instruct us each and every day as to what you need to do, O oh Lord. Open up our minds, open up the windows of our understanding, my God, that we may be able to interpret your word, O oh Lord, each and every day, O oh Lord, as to those things that you have predestined for us to do. Heavenly Father, we thank you each and every day, O oh Lord, for all that you are doing, all that you will do, all that you have done, my God, in our lives, in our families' lives, in our children's lives. I pray, O oh Lord, that you continue to put that hedge of protection over all of us. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Good morning, church. God bless you, folks. Are you guys glad to be here today? If you're glad to be here, I want you to take a moment and turn to your neighbor and tell them how fantastic they look this morning. I want you to take a moment now and I want you to remind everybody that we're here to worship the Lord. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor and say, all right, it's time to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is unto him that we ascribe all glory, honor, and praise. For he is the true King of Kings and the Lord of glory. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to just take a moment and close your eyes and fix your eyes, fix your, your mind on Jesus. If you could just picture his, his face in your mind. If you could just take a moment and think on him and all that he's done for you, all that he means to you. Maybe even take a moment and think about him on the cross. And the incredible sacrifice he paid for us. What a blessing, what a privilege, what an honor to know him. Hallelujah. so grateful hallelujah hallelujah we worship the risen Savior this morning
Better is 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many people here know what he's done for them? How many of us are aware of the great gift of God that is Christ Jesus, our Lord? See, because when you know there is cause for celebration, when you know there is a reason to shout, when you know there's something just comes up that overflows in your spirit, causes you just want to celebrate, rejoice, and shout, and scream, and laugh, and dance. Hallelujah! Jesus and Jesus alone is worthy of all praise, all glory, all honor, all adoration. Hallelujah. Jesus, we lift up your name in this place today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me ask you, what got you, got you up out of bed this morning? Hallelujah. Huh? Did you get up out of bed saying, I want to praise the Lord today? You had six days to yourself. Today is the Lord's day, and we want to just give him the glory and the praise. Oh, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say oh. Put our hope in your name, Jesus. 
blessing, blessing and honor, glory and power unto our God forever and ever. All of the honor, all of the praise is yours, yours forever.
to receive honor, worthy to receive all of praise. States, that's our culture. Children are on vacation throughout the summer, so the family takes advantage of this and bottles up these vacations in July and August. So we, we appreciate that they're on vacation. We'll pray for them in a couple of minutes because even on vacation we need um, we need a covering. Pray a covering, right? <clears throat> even though I'm a little jealous of praying for a person that's like in Disney right now having a lot of fun and I'm here still. But you know, I, I still want to be able to rejoice. Praise God. So, David, can you come here a second, please? Earlier this week, we, we sort of both were surprised because um, in the homegoing service of his dad, great man, I didn't know that your dad was a pastor. And you found out that he was a pastor, right? You thought he was a, I thought he was a co-pastor. He was a co-pastor, right? What, what were some of the things you briefly shared about dad that you know, really means something to you that you think you're the church family should know. Um, wow. If, if there's anything that I'd like to share, a couple of things that just come to mind was that if there's any uh, person that I learned prayer from was from him. Because he would get up at 4 a.m. in the morning to pray, and um, that served to impact my life. If I was up at that time for some reason, I would... Um, <laughs> we lived in these railroad apartments, and I was like the first apartment closest to the um, front of the building. And so that was my room and my sister's room. We shared it. And so my, my father's room was the next one. And so, if, again, if I was up and had to go through that room, I would see him with his face, you know, ra raised to the, uh, lifted up, looking up into the heavens and praying and seeking the Lord. Um, another thing was that he would definitely read the Bible before going to work. That was something that he would not miss. And, um, of course, the discipline. Um, for those of you who were there, he, 
he uh, actually showed me the multiplication tables. Um, and uh, he, he took, when, after he came from that parents' teachers meeting, um, and he, he was disappointed at what he had heard, the fact that I wasn't really excelling, he took <laughs> the initiative um, in order to show me the multiplication tables in a very interesting way. Um, and it worked. It worked. <laughs> he gave me what is called a form of human corporal punishment known as the cocotazo. Um, and that uh, eventually at least helped me to remember, you know, uh, all the multiplications tables up until 10. Anything beyond that, that wasn't necessary. It was the only, the only thing the teacher required and asked of my father was to teach me until 10 because there was a competition going on in my school and he definitely wanted me to shine in that. So those are, those are, <laughs> those are three, I, I don't, I'm not, when I speak of the cocotazo and him giving it, listen, I'm not speaking ill of him. Um, that, was, that was what he did and it worked, it worked. And so I'm, I'm grateful because he did that. Otherwise, you know, who knows where I'd be. I probably would not be where I am now. So I think if uh, anything, those are uh, three things that, that shine out of what I could say um, from my father. <laughs> so, when you learned the multiplication tables, did he, sh did he have a box? Like one times one is two? Um, he had, he had the, the actual tables. So what, what I had to do was memorize them. So he would, he would show me all, it was the, all the boxes, I think it was one through 10, and what he did was he said, okay, I want you to say this, I want you to look at it first, and I want you to memorize it. And once you memorize it, I'm gonna cover it, and you're going to say it out of memory. And whenever I'd mess up, Listen, I don't criticize that method. I also learned the multiplication tables that way. And to this day, I still know the multiplication tables. I went up to 12. You know, they made me learn them up to 12. Right. So it was wonderful to be there with your family. We celebrate uh, the, the legacy of that great man. It was great to meet mom also. And your sister. I've never seen her before, so it was great to see her. So thank you for allowing us that opportunity to, to be able to celebrate the life of your father. Thank you for the support. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. Awesome time. I, I, got, I got there even before he did. So I was the first one to sign the book. But it was, good. it was great to spend some time with them and the family before everybody else came. It was just a, actually a wonderful thing. Um, we want to pray for a couple of people today. Um, our uh, sister, a pastor over in North Carolina, tomorrow they're going to give her some results. She went to the doctors to check herself out, so we're going to pray for Pastor Eileen. And uh, we're going to pray for those that are on vacation, right? Amen? Even though we're kind of jealous that they're on vacation and we're not, right? But we're going to pray for them also. Is there any other very important prayer uh, that we need to pray this moment? Yes. What is her name? Michelle. Michelle, okay. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. So Father, we pray this moment for Michelle. We pray for your healing anointing upon her, Lord God. I pray that even as the doctors um, 
investigate. May they be able to find the source of this. But Lord, may your healing anointing, my Father, be upon her, Father. We, we send your healing anointing this morning. We pray for healing, uh, Father. Healing is the children's bread. So we pray for Michelle, Lord God, that your healing anointing would, would complete the work, my God. And uh, may it be a speedy work, oh God, I pray. Heal her, my God. We, we call her healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I thank you for those that are on vacation right now. I pray that you guard them and keep them. We pray for your, your holy anointing to cover them while they're driving, while they're, they go on planes, boats, and trains, wherever it may be, buses, my God. But may your glory cover them today, uh, Father. I pray that they would come home uh, with a great uh, a tale to say, uh, uh, a great memory, my Father, together with their families. I uh, pray that you bless them, bless the food they eat, uh, bless, Lord God, every trip that they make. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're with us here, you're with us on vacation, we're, you're with us at work throughout the summer, you're with us even when we're in the beach, wherever we might go, you are with us. And I pray, Father, that you would even give us wisdom, and may your anointing flow through us, that even as we're on the beach, or uh, whether we're in Disney World, Disneyland, or wherever it may be that we, we might be, Father, as a church family, and together with our families, I pray that your anointing would flow, that if there's a need there, that you would, uh, Lord, flow mightily through us, that we would be able to speak a word in season. So that uh, people that we might meet just for five minutes or ten minutes or for a day or for a week, uh, Lord, that they might also receive your grace and your love through our testimonies. Even when we're on vacation, we thank you for it. We pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. We also pray this moment for Pastor Eileen that you would grant her, uh, Lord God, a good report tomorrow. I pray for your healing anointing upon her body, Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Uh, Lord, I pray give her strength to overcome whatever challenge she's been experiencing. Uh, and Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you also, Lord God, for the court case, the up-and-coming court case. I pray, Father, that your, your glory and justice, Lord, may justice uh, come forth, my God. May your, your purpose and will come forth also, Lord God. Bless them with your grace and your peace. And we thank you also for your healing anointing upon Vera, Lord. She's home, my God, and we miss her. Uh, we miss all the beautiful things that she makes for us each and every week. But we pray that you, you, you give her a quick and speedy healing in that hip, Lord, that was operated. Uh, Father, grant her, Lord God, a quick and speedy recovery. May we see her, Lord, in the next couple of months dancing here right in the front, dancing unto the Lord. We'll give you the praise for it. And we thank you, Father, for your kindness and for your love and your tender mercies. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. amen. Remain standing. We're about ready to receive an offering. So let's give. You know this summer a lot is happening, but never neglect the house of God. Uh, whether you're listening uh, live, uh, you, know, if you, you know you can conveniently give on the website where it says donate. It gets to us right away, so we thank you for that. And thank all of you for your continued faithfulness. We really do appreciate it. Some people go on vacation, and their money goes on vacation with them. But yet they still pay their rent. You understand? So it's, it's a paradox. They know it's important, but what's more important? What, what is important to us? What is our priority? So let's always make sure we prioritize the house of the Lord also, so that throughout the summer we won't have any issues, any problems. Also, um, I'm very excited. We're getting some great reports from our radio program. Um, I don't know how many of you are listening to it, but just pray that God will continue to minister through this medium. It's a very important one. Uh, we're ministering to... Uh, Potentially, uh, there's 8 to 12 million people that we can touch. Because it's a tri-state area radio station. It's a major radio station. Amen. So, uh, very grateful. Um, 
it, you know, the people in the station, they are also very grateful that we're on. They like what we have to share. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's our voice. You know, God, God uh, has given every single church a voice. And so our voice is, is being shared at, on Saturdays uh, through the, uh, to the tri-state area. And not only that, if you go on the website, wmca.com, it's also there too. So they highlight it, they put a podcast. So throughout the week, the podcast is there also. So they work with you. And I really appreciate that. So thank God for his goodness. So, Father, as we get ready to give, we thank you, Lord God, because every gift that we give, every tithe that we, we present, Lord God, we give it to you, Lord God, knowing that it stays in this earth realm, knowing, Lord God, that it touches somebody, knowing that the church doors remain open in local ministry, my Father, knowing, my Father, that your glory and your grace is here, present with us, and, Lord, that you amplify our voice. You said, Lord God, to go to all the world and to preach the gospel, and not just preach. You said to disciple all nations. So, Father, this is what we're doing, and you're giving us the privilege to be able to bless and minister to more and more people, Father. So thank you for that. Give us the wisdom in the coming days and months and years to be able to continue to minister to more and more people. And thank you, Father, for this local place that you've given us. But we also thank you because your presence cannot be limited to a building. So I know, Father, that you're going to have us touch the world in different areas, my God, as it relates to your call in our lives, as it relates to the stewardship you've given us. So, Father, thank you. Now I pray that you receive the tithe and the offering through our high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we do give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. As you receive instructions of the ushers, let's give in a spirit of joy. Took the sin of the world on your shoulders. You did it so willingly. God, the price you paid will forever be enough. And the life you gave, yeah, you gave it all for love. Your name is glorious. We lift you up higher, higher. Come see.
children fathom the depths of the seas and the universe how far does it reach still you spread your arms across the cross for us and the life you gave yeah you gave it all Worship the Lord in this place. I wish somebody would lift their voice in praise to the King of Glory in this place. Because He is worthy. He is worthy. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is worthy.
Took the sin of the world on your shoulders. You did it so willingly. Who was like you? Took the sin of the world on your shoulders. You did it so For the best worship experience, please let us remember to put our mobile phones on silent or vibrate during our service.
And I want to remind all of you that um, the list is getting full. So please think about this um, very carefully. I also want to bring to your attention that this is not a specific ministry. This is Calvary, who's actually um, inviting and encouraging each one of us to participate in this encounter with God. The purpose we all come to church as it is, is also to praise him, right? But to also get closer and have more of a deeper relationship with him. We can't do this if we don't understand him as a person and individually. And the encounter is going to allow that. For those of you who did not hear it last week, let me give you more specifics. It's an encounter retreat. And we do have a title this time. The title is Breaking the Chains That Bind. Okay, so given that, this retreat is scheduled for October the 25th through the 27th so that you can put it in your calendars. And let me tell you this time what the purpose, what the focus is going to be during the time of the retreat. The purpose of the encounter retreat is to destroy the works of the enemy in the life of each child of God attending this retreat. We see that in 1 John 3, 8. It's also to lead each participant to a genuine repentance for his or her sin. To heal broken relationships. To help restore the personality of the believer by breaking the chains that bind him or her from the past. To ensure that each person experiences it experiences the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because when we have the Holy Spirit and we actually tap into the Holy Spirit in its fullness, then that's when the, glorif the glorification of God is in our lives. That's when we heal, that's when we get wisdom, that's when we get more of an intimate relationship in the presence of God at all times, no matter what the storm to um, enable each attendant to embrace the vision and the heart of the Father. That's the actual um, purpose of the retreat. Now I did also say that anybody that's going to the retreat has to participate in what we call the pre-encounter. This allows us to prepare ourselves um, mentally, um, emotionally, and spiritually for this encounter so that we can receive. 
and that would be for four sessions, and those sessions are going to be delivered in Sunday school, starting September 29th, every Sunday from 9 o'clock, not 9.30, 9 o'clock to 10.30, okay? Pre-encounters, this is gonna prepare our spirits. The pastor has asked me to also encourage those of you who have not thought about going to the retreat or for whatever reason you're not going to still participate in the pre-encounters. This will bring us all into the same place of knowledge and will also glorify God even deeper. Okay, so it's gonna be um, September 29th is the pre-encounters, four Sundays, and then we're gonna take a week of fasting, and I'll give directions as we get closer, and then we're going on the encounter, okay? After the encounter, there's a post, um, three session post-encounter, that's, that actually seals everything that you have gone through. Seals it. So by the middle to the end of November, you'll be ready to tackle anything because we would have gone through this together. Okay, again, October 25th to 27th, if you know that you are going, see me at the end of the service so that I can get you on the list. Um, seating is limited, and we are arranging some things for families with the children and things like that. We haven't gotten to that yet, but it, don't let anything come in between you and this encounter. So get on the list, we'll figure out the children. We'll figure out the families, okay? We'll figure all of that out, okay? God bless you guys. If you have any questions, see me at the end. Oh, um, Julio, Julio Maldonado, Minister Julio. Hello there. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, real quick. Uh, this, let's start with Friday, this past Friday, what was it? Upside Down Friday, correct? You know about that? It was karaoke night. Yes. Karaoke night, those that were here. Now, I will, I will shout out the adults, but I'm going to shout out the youth and the children. First, we're going to shout out Yazzie, Anthony, and Jenna. Because they, they actually sang a song it goes like something like this. It's raining tacos. It's raining tacos. And you know what? Friday, it rained tacos after. They ate tacos. So they got the song, and they got it right, and they sang. Okay? So thank you, Yazzie. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Jenna. Also, a shout-out, even though he's not here, Jorge, you guys know Jorge. Isabel Bellos' child, David Bellos' child. He's not here. Shout-out to him, another... Child, children, but another shout out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout out an adult. I'm gonna shout out Big Mike, Michael Martinez. Michael Martinez, okay, Michael, you brought, you brought the house down. That's what I heard, that's what I heard. Uh, Michael, you've come a long way, we love you here, you know, God bless you, you know. Amen, amen. Okay, now this Friday, Upside Down Friday continues. 
this Friday is family game night. Okay, family game night. We ask that you come out. The Aponte, Tony and Belinda, Minister Tony and Belinda, ask that you come out. I, and I can shout them out. Shout out to them. But you know what? What they really want is your support. Your support to come out. If you can't come out four Fridays, make it once. Man, if you haven't come once, shame on you. If you can make it and you ain't come, shame on you. If you guys are working and you can't make it, you live in Pennsylvania like pastor, I understand that. But if you guys are close by, you can't make a Friday, come on. This has been two or three years already they've had it, and we should be blossoming with our, with in-house. You know what I'm saying? And if we come, then we can bring the outside. Sister Celeste's been evangelizing with her team, so they're going to come. So if, if they come and we're not here, Ike. Serious, you can't. No, just go to another church. Okay, with that said, games we play dominoes, spades, games for children, they have games for kids, and refreshments and finger foods will be given. Sir, anything missing? Am I good? Want to add anything? Wear a t shirt, dress comfortably, just wear a t shirt. There you go. Wear a t-shirt you don't care about. <laughs> okay, that's a fair warning. <laughs> that includes possibly whipped cream. Okay, you heard that. You heard and, that. And, and if you're wearing a nice shirt, you're going to be mad at me. Okay, that's for the host itself, okay? So come comfortably, wear a shirt you don't care about because it might be, you may leave here a mess. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving forward. We are going to have a back to school, back to school evangelistic potluck outreach. Okay? On Saturday, September 7th. Now, we know the school starts the week before, so it's like a four-day gap. But again, children may need school bags. They still may need, even though they may have it, but we're going to be able to give school bags to the children if need be. So we're asking that day, Sister Johanna, you guys know Johanna, right? She can raise her hand, but they know who she is. She will over, be, oversee this. Back to school. The bag, the book bags may need notebooks, folders, pencils, pens, rulers, crayons, Etc. 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 Now, for those that can go out and get that, monetary gifts will be taken, and Johanna will be taking it and and provide whatever is needed for the book bag. Is that understood? Now, that's the that's the back to school children part of it. We also have the evangelistic part of it with Sister Celeste, who will be coming out that morning. She's been doing it for the last three or four weeks. Saturday at ten o'clock. Now, from 10 to 11, they'll be evangelizing, evangelizing out in the street, on the, on the chosen spot where they choose. But after, we'll be coming here from 12 to 6 and have the potluck, grilling and all that hamburger and the hot dogs. And we can have a prayer table. We're going to have a prayer table outside with our information. And we can also pray for your friends, your family, anyone you may want to bring and join us. And we can reach out to them 
because not, we're not going to be walking, but we'll be standing there with a prayer table and whatever information they may want and need. Children, family, all invited. Is that understood? Now, anyone who wants to contribute, there's a sheet in the resource table, whether it's uh, you want to bring a pile of di uh, dish. Uh, Sister Natalie, she already put herself a mac and cheese. Boom, so we have mac and cheese. So that's list number one. So again, if you want to give a potluck dish or you want to contribute to the school bag or you want to give both, feel free in the back. Okay? I'll leave you with that. And I'll leave you with introducing our shepherd of the house. Yeah. He's getting ready. When you get up, okay? Pastor Victor Nazario. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mary so let's read this verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Ephesians 2, 13. I'm going to read it um, in the classic Amplified. So it might share a little more than what yours is saying. In whom, because of our faith in him, we dare to have the boldness, courage, and confidence of free access an unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. I'm going to say it again. Ephesians 3.12 in the classic Amplified says, In whom, because of our faith in him, we dare to have boldness, courage, and confidence, a free access, an unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. Father, thank you for your word and for your grace, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would minister mightily to us and through us for your glory and for the benefit of those you would have us to touch. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. You may be seated, brethren. I'm excited uh, about Almighty God because he gives us access. And I love what the verse says there. It's an unreserved approach. And I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But before that, I wanted to just celebrate uh, several things. Uh, number one, I would like to celebrate um, our guests that continue to come. We appreciate each and every one of you. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you among us, um, your family. You're here the first time, your family. Amen? And we, we welcome Ms. Mr. and Mrs. Dan and Rosalyn Robertson from California who are with us today. So, so thank you. They're here visiting the grandchildren. I know where they're at, because that's where I'm at right now. I'm enjoying the grandchildren, so we pray they have a great stay in New York City, and uh, that they might come back home with great memories. So God bless you, sir, ma'am, for fellowshipping with us. We appreciate it. Also, we have great news uh, from Wednesday and Saturday evangelism. Um, it was an amazing thing to see people restored, um, uh, brought back to Christ, simply because we're obeying. We're just getting out there. And, and just sharing. So I wanted for Sister Celeste to come a moment and just uh, let's chat a little bit about what happened. Give me a little testimony, what, what happened. I want the family to know. Thank you. We appreciate Sister Celeste for overseeing this. So, talk to us what, what happened Wednesday, what happened Saturday. First we have to give God the glory. Hallelujah. Um, so Wednesday we went out to the Associated Supermarket, um, Randall and Rosedale, a group of us, and there was one man, um, I think his name was Ty, he accepted Jesus Christ and his Lord and as his Lord and Savior, 
what we've been doing is we've been asking people, is there anything that we can pray for? And we tell them about Jesus Christ. And then we pray for them and we let the Holy Spirit lead us. And sometimes he gives us a word of wisdom and knowledge. Whatever way he does it, we just, we're obedient. Thank God for a beautiful team. We're a team, right guys? So Wednesday, um, and it was raining Wednesday, so we went out and God did what he had to do. The Holy Spirit led and um, there was a, a woman who, she said her father was a pastor, I think, Teresa. And um, she actually came Friday. I believe Minister Tony got a chance to pray with her, praise the Lord. So God is good, guys, right? But let's talk about yesterday. To God all will be all the glory. So we get filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And, and power, the Bible says. Not our own power. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit power. So... I'm just reminded of in Acts 3 when Peter was on his way to, the, to pray, right? He was on his way to the, to, you know, to the prayer meeting, and there was a man there that stopped him. And Peter and I think John began to minister. That's what the experience that happened yesterday felt like. We were on our way to Old Navy, and we never got a chance to get down there because there was a woman in the mist, like, that was standing outside of her house and she spoke Spanish. So Yvette, Sister Yvette and um, Julia spoke to her because they asked her, I think Yvonne asked if she wanted prayer and she said yes. So they began to pray for her, you know, in Spanish. So as they were praying, praise the Lord, she just began to weep a little bit but she like had her head down. And this is how the power of God moves, guys. She opened up her eyes. And when she opened up her eyes, her eyes were just shifting all over the place. So the Holy Spirit began to say, we gotta pray a little deeper because there's some stuff you know, going on here. So without giving too much information, because that's between you know, the Lord and I don't wanna bring out her personal business, but God used us mightily so we began to pray for her, and when, I mean, her countenance changed. God changed her countenance. It's like a weeping. Something was released in the name of Jesus. It was like the woman just put her hands up, and, and you know, the power of God, you, you can't do anything. You just got to go with whatever God is doing because he's in control. But it was so awesome because then the family members began to come out out of nowhere, and then we said, let's come in a circle and let's pray. They were children. There was a sister. There was just about, I don't know, about five or six people. And then there was a young girl, one of their daughters, and she said that she sings. She sings, um, but the Lord spoke a word to her before she said that. And I said, um, it doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit said, it doesn't matter what people say. You're intelligent. And she kind of put her head down, and they told me later that, she said in Spanish, it was the mother was telling her that she wasn't good enough. <sighs> I'm telling you guys, the power of the Holy Spirit, when we're obedient, then we surrender our will to his will. It's nothing of us. It's just the grace of God and the anointing. So the girl sang a song, and the song she sang was Break Every Chain. 
She said, I just heard the song the night before. I had never heard the song. So Sister Yvette said, so God was preparing you for this ordained appointment. It was all ordained of God. She said, they said that when I sing, I can't open my mouth. They can't hear me. When she sang, did she sing? Her mouth was open. It was like a power, the power of God just opened up her mouth. I said, that's the way. That, she said, I don't understand why I'm singing like this now. I said, that's the power of God. He just came upon you. But I'm just saying the whole family was blessed. They were prayed over. It was like we couldn't move. See, we got to be obedient. We wasn't worrying about Old Navy. It was like God said he wanted to touch this family at this time. We were about to go a different route. But then someone said, no, let's go this way. <laughs> we would have missed the family if we didn't, weren't obedient to the Holy Spirit. It's nothing of us, guys. It's all of the Lord. I don't want to take up too much time. Yes, we're glorifying God. But I just want to say thank you, Apostle Nazario, to, for believing in us in the name of Jesus. And I have to give you know, the team, Elder Ross with the supplies, James, Elder Isabel, Minister Tony, all the evangelism team, because we're a team. We're a team. We can't do it without each other. And I thank God for all of you. God bless you. Thank you, Apostle. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hallelujah. Next, next Saturday, or I think it's the 17th. Is it next Saturday? There's going to be a community outreach. Yeah, some of the churches are getting together, so we're going to join them. We'll bring tracks and whatever else we can. Uh, I wish we'd had more time so we could be better prepared for the community outreach. But since we weren't overseeing it, we were depending on other people uh, to get us the information. But we'll have several people there and, and also uh, stand as a church community in, in unity with the other churches. So little by little, uh, we're connecting with those that want to connect. Because some churches are like separatists. They're not interested in what's happening. Uh, they're the move of God in the community. Uh, no, the bottom line is we're part of the body of Christ. We're not all. We're just part of it. Right? And we can do our part. So thank you so much for that. Very excited to see. You know, sometimes it takes a, a Kairos moment. It takes a, an intervening word because what people have been hearing is negative. And she, obviously, from her own family members, sometimes... The worst words, the worst encouragement you get is from family. And so God has to bring somebody to shift them back into their purpose. So thank you for that. That was precious, precious. Let's all uh, turn to the camera moment and, and greet your family in North Carolina. So for all of you in North Carolina, God bless you. It's, uh, I hope you're getting great weather like we are getting because we're getting some phenomenal weather. So I don't need to be in North Carolina at this point because New York is having... Great weather. Actually, they told me they want to stop by and say hello in New York. New York is like the world-class city. Everybody wants to be in New York. Not live in it, but, you know, visit it. <laughs> Anybody that can live in it, you can live anywhere. <laughs> Praise God. All right, so I, I read a wonderful verse. But today I wanted to talk about a couple of minutes. I want to stay in the book of Ephesians. You know, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians uh, to not just the church in Ephesus, but to the whole church. It was an instructional manual. See, that church in, in the day of Paul didn't have a Bible like we did, or rather like we do. We have the whole Bible. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. They just had the Old Testament, and the church was brand new, so they, they were just learning how to live together. Imagine you preach one message, and suddenly your church is filled with 3,000 people that know nothing about God, that don't know nothing about church life. 
That's what they had to deal with. So uh, these, these apostles had to uh, bring in a lot of instruction, and God used Paul to bring instruction to the body of Christ. And part of it is what we've been talking the last month, how God uh, gave us access uh, by his grace. We spoke about grace. We spoke about um, that word workmanship, how we are God's poem, poema, how we are God's masterpiece. And I even shared some of that in yesterday's radio program, and I, I sent out a video in Facebook so people get a little snippet of that. But today I want to share a little more about that because it is really precious and you need to know this. Like this young lady, she uh, was able to hear uh, that God loves her, right? And so at this, at this stage, we need all to hear this. My, my fingers. <laughs> Praise God. So, let me just bring that up. It's amazing how this thing can just get quirky on you. Just at the time that you need it, right? But you know, I've learned something. That is press through. So, today I want to talk about access granted. Access granted. In Ephesians 2.13 it says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who were once far off, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The verse I shared with you a couple of minutes ago, I'm going to address that shortly, but I want to start with this, because according to uh, Paul, you're saying at one point the Gentiles were not part of the body of Christ. Jesus had preached the gospel first to the Jew, it's preached to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. But it was God's intention of bringing the two together. So he uh, God, by, by his spirit, uh, ministered to various apostles. Uh, several of the apostles, they focus on the Jewish community. Other apostles, and especially Paul, focus on the Gentile community. But after a while, they realize, if you do a study in the book of Acts chapter 15, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 15, there was a, uh, literally a gathering where they realized, hold on a second, God's doing a major work, not just among the Jews, but also among the Gentiles. And we need to be very careful and not to bring uh, the people back into bondage because Jesus freed us and now there are some people that say they're apostles and they're saying that, no, no, you need to obey the law of Moses. The truth of the matter is nobody was able to obey it because there were so many laws. Um, and in Christ, we were set free. So they came to an agreement that God was ministering not just to uh, the uh, Jew, but also to the Gentile. And it was very difficult for them. Uh, for example, Peter, God had to minister to him individually. He had to uh, give him a revelation. In, in the revelation, he, he saw himself as eating and, and, and seeing a lot of different animals. God said, kill and eat. He said, well, I can't eat that. That's unclean. And then God told him three, on three separate occasions, don't, don't say to what I've cleaned, unclean. If I cleaned it, it's clean. And then he understood by revelation, it was like God was saying that the Gentile, those that were not Jews, um, natural born Jews, they also had access by Jesus Christ. So he's creating one man out of the two, right? And so here he's saying you were in Christ, you who are in Christ Jesus were once afar off. They would call you Gentiles. And that was not a, a good term. Oh, yeah, my friends, the Gentiles. No, they were saying, you're Gentiles. You don't belong to the family of God, right? But you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
So praise God. We were strangers. Say to your neighbor, we were strangers. But we're no longer strangers. At one point, we had no hope in this world. We were separated from God. But now, by the blood of Christ, we have been brought near. In verse 14, it says, he himself is our peace. Say with me, he's our peace. He is our peace. We have made both one. He has broken down the middle wall of separation. The word peace there comes from an interesting word. My um, sister-in-law, her name is Irene. And this word, peace, in the Greek is Irene. Irene. And in Spanish, that's how we call it. Irene in Spanish is Irene, right? And it means rest and contentment. When God brings peace over you, one of the things that come, one of the daughters or the sisters of peace is rent, I mean, I'm sorry, rent, rest and contentment, quietness and prosperity. And prosperity, it's not talking about jaguars and things of that nature. I heard a story this morning on, on the news. I don't know if you heard it. It's a spoiled brat, young adult. The family bought him a Beamer. You know, you know that's a nice car, right? He, you know what he did? He threw it into the river. He said, I wanted a Jaguar. They didn't give me a Jaguar, so I'm throwing this car into the... I want to take a plane to where this man lives. Just go up to him and slap him. <laughs> and then come back home. <laughs> Some people are so spoiled, right? But we have to learn to be content. And, and I, I heard a saying the other day, it says, when you realize how God has blessed you, you realize you have more than enough around yes, you. Yes. But you know, people today, we're after more and more and more, and we're never satisfied. Young man, young woman, don't get caught up in that trap, right. into thinking that you have to have all this bling. Yeah? You have to have more than the other person. You know, take it from me, I'm 60 years old. I've been through all that nonsense. After a while, you realize you could never have enough. There will always be someone that has more than you. And yes, I can have a Beamer, but right now I have a Toyota. And guess what happens? Every day I get into my Toyota, my, my Toyota takes me from point A to point B. I still get there. So I'm content. If I never have a Beamer, I don't care. Because I've learned to be content. Instead of being spoiled, I, I should have a, a Beamer. Now listen, I'm not criticizing anybody that has a Mercedes-Benz or people that have Jaguars. <laughs> listen, that's a private joke. You won't get that, but her and I understand. That's not what I'm saying. You can have a good car if you want. If God blesses you with much finance, enjoy it. That's the gift of God. What I am saying is don't get spoiled entitled into, oh, I have to have only the best, only the best. No, you can have the best after you pay the price. Go to school, get yourself educated, get yourself a good job. And number two, for the young men and women, I really, I want you to understand this. When you're first starting out, you're not usually gonna have the best in life. It takes time. Have you ever seen that many of the motorcycle guys that have the really biggest bikes are older guys? No, I'm serious. Some are young, yeah, but many of the older guys have like the biggest and baddest motor motorcycles. I mean, this, I saw this guy pass by with a motorcycle. He had everything on that. Press a button, it'd give him a drink. I mean, just amazing. <laughs> and you look at them, his beard is white. And, I mean, he's having a great old time. Re understand something. He paid a price. He raised kids. He worked two jobs and three jobs for 40 years. He's retired now. He's got a couple of dollars. Let him have his doggone bike. Yeah. 
<laughs> he paid the price. So, so what I'm saying to the young person, you might not be able to have that yet. So, so don't fret, oh man, uh, he has a bike and I don't have a bike. Take your time. You're like we say in New York, chill. Don't rush into wanting everything right away. Every good thing takes time. When you want it right away, something happens. It call, it's called greed. It's called jealousy. And then some young people, they want it now, so instead of paying the price and work overtime or go to school, get a good job, they go out and steal it from somebody else. So when I see people stealing from other people, I go, immature. You're a baby. I don't care if they have a bigger beard than I do. They're still a baby, 30-year-old baby, 40-year-old baby. You're stealing from others because you can't work for it yourself. You're a baby. You know why? You're, you're, in your mind, you're still a kid. You don't know what it is to have the responsibility to actually earn something. So I want it now. I want it now. So you get a gun and you take it from somebody else. That's selfish. It's immature. And of course, it doesn't please God. You, you understand my point? So when I, when I see peace, when we come to the peace of God, we realize, oh my God, most people struggle for things that are secondary, tertiary. But God brings us into this peace. But also this peace brings order in the church community and in the state. We need to pray for this nation, that the peace of God will come from top down in this nation because this nation right now is out of order. We are in a civil war right now. And we need the peace of God. So church, are you praying? Are you praying for your government? Don't allow yourself to get caught up in this group that's saying you're either on this side or that side. It's too complicated. It's not that easy. We have a two-party system de facto. There are more, but they don't have the influence. So in essence, we have like a two-party system. And the problem with that is that the issues we have is, are, are very complicated. And sometimes if you want to vote for this person, yeah, but I believe in this and this and this and this and this. Or you want to vote for this one, but I believe in this and this and this and this. So sometimes you have to vote for one that you don't even like. But they have in their list a lot of the more things that you're looking for as a candidate. But right now, we're getting to the point in this nation that if you're not on this side, then you're this. And if you're on this side, you're that. It's a lot more complicated. But remember what I told you last week and the week before. We're really not fighting against humans. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rules of darkness in, in high places. So they're, they're, the enemy is motivating people that have had the eyes of their understanding darkened. They don't understand these things. So they're, they're legislating out of I wouldn't say ignorance, but they just don't understand some of the higher dynamics that are working. If you have hate in your heart, you can't make a law to take the hate away. You understand? You can only, as much as you can, control people, but you really can't control a person 24-7. And this is what humans try to do. When you make God out of humans, it becomes humanism. And you know what they want to do? Control everything to the point where they'll put a camera in every block to control everything you do, everything you say. And that is the worst case scenario to live under. We know it. We've seen it in the past. That's not what we want. We want the peace of God in this nation. We cry out to God, 
give this nation peace. Give our leader, leaders wisdom yes. that they might repent from any greed, from any power struggles, and that they might truly serve the people in a spirit of peace, in a spirit of joy, yes, in, in, with equity, with true justice. Amen? So peace also means that God gives us harmonious relationships first between us and God and then with each other. Even in the church today, how many people don't walk in peace? We go to the same service and yet we don't like the person two uh, seats away from us. That means the peace of God isn't inside of us because God brings us to peace with each other. <sighs> Having been married for 41 years, I know what it is to disagree with a person, right? And then continue to walk with them in life. Amen. Truth of the matter is you're never going to agree with everybody 100% and nobody's going to agree with you 100% either. Say to your neighbor, get over it. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I've learned, my wife and I, we disagree probably in 40 to 50% of things, whether it be political, whether it be, I don't know, business, whatever it may be. She has strong ways of looking at things, and I have strong ways of looking at things too. So after we talk, we get to a point where we don't agree on some message, well, okay, I, I value your point, I value your opinion, I'll, I'll you know, reserve mine, uh, but hey, let's go have some coffee. <laughs> this is the way we need to be. That's, that's the truth of good relationships, honoring the fact that sometimes we will disagree, but yet we agree on the macro things, so let's keep on walking together. But today, if you disagree with somebody else, some, somebody will come up and punch you out because you disagree with them. That's a dangerous thing. This nation is known, it's celebrated for being a nation where we could speak our peace. Well, I disagree with you. Okay, fine. All right, let's go. At work right now, you can't talk sometimes because you'll get in trouble. Some people are afraid of speaking anymore because of it's not a good, it, that's not a good thing, people. We need, to, we need to, in the spirit of love, pray. Because ask God for the spirit of peace to come. He'll bring harmonious relationships at work, in government, between you and God, because of the gospel of Christ. So several things. Number one, in Christ, we now have peace with God. That's the greatest thing. Say to your neighbor, you, are you aware that you have peace with God? See, at one point you didn't. You now have peace with God, harmonious relationship with God. He is now your heavenly father. He loves you. You're not a stranger to him. This is the biggest thing, peace with God. We no longer have to struggle because, uh, you know, of not knowing God, not knowing who he created us to be. I am at peace with God. The second thing, we have peace with, with ourselves. See, that's the other main thing. If I'm at peace with, my, with myself, then I could go out there. And if somebody disagrees with me, I could be all right with that. Some people, you disagree with them, they want to beat you up. I, I, I mean, I went to a school you know, between 108th, 107th Street, Columbus Avenue, junior high. And I saw a lot of fights I, in that day. Booker T. Washington, junior high school. And they would fight for the dumbest things. But one of the things they would fight about is because, oh, he, 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 didn't, he doesn't agree with me. Uh, yeah, and? But they would fight about that. I'm talking about fight like... They hated each other, if you disagree with me. You gotta be at peace with yourself. I'm gonna say it again. You have to be at peace with yourself. Not everybody's gonna agree with your viewpoints. Not everybody's going to, so, some people are not gonna like you because you, you remind them of their Uncle Joe. 
Yeah, so, somebody that you remind me of somebody I don't like. I, I don't like you. So, but you have to be okay with yourself. Say, so, Father, thank you because you love me. And, you know, the Bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself. So I have to value who Christ in me is. See, without Christ, I could do nothing. But in Christ, I have value. Say to your neighbor, you have value. See, because God value. Remember last week I, I said you're God's workmanship. That word workmanship is masterpiece. When God created you, he created you as an original. And those masterpieces, first and foremost, their value is because they're original. You can't get them anywhere else. Well, guess what? You are an original. You're special. You're precious. And so Celeste, you told that young lady that, that she had a voice and she could sing. She's precious. And that probably will impact her for the rest of her life. Because yes. her family's not giving that to her. We have peace with ourselves. We are now his sons and daughters. We're part of the family. And see, we are at peace with his family, the church. When I come here, I rejoice. I love coming to, to church to be with my church family. Amen. You're my family Amen. in Christ. Yeah, but we're not blood family. Yes, we are in the blood of Jesus. Yes. You are my family. I love you guys. You're precious to me. Hallelujah. And, and D, we are at peace with our city. There might be great confusion in the city, but we know who we are. We know why we are here. You were sent here for a purpose. You were born here for a purpose. I said this on a, a devotional the other day. I said every family, every tribe. See, you belong to a tribe. Some of you come from, you know, the United States. Some of you come from uh, different parts of the world. You're a tribe, right? Every family has, has cluster groups, cousins and uncles. But every tribe has a redemptive gift. Are you aware that every family has a grace on them, given to them by God? But most of them don't know that. So they don't like themselves. They don't appreciate who they are. They don't appreciate that they were born from this family. They think, oh man, this family, nothing's happening here. We got no money, we got no fame. We have, you know. That's the way they talk. I says, sir, man, you have great value. There's a redemptive gift and a redemptive grace in your family. Promise they don't know it. You might be the first one to know this by revelation of God. So you now have to go back to your family and let them know how precious they are. How much God loves them and, they and that God has a plan for them as a family. You might be the one called. Say to your neighbor, you might be the one. Hallelujah. Amen. We know who we are. We bring our peace. See, because we carry the peace. See, t t t say this with me. I am, I am a, peace carrier. a peace carrier. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 7 says, And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. See, so God wants us to pray for our city. Bring peace to the city. Since you're here, God called you to be a peacemaker, a peace provider. In John 16, 33, these things I've spoken to you, that you, in me, you may have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So in him, I have peace. Remember when Jesus was sleeping in the boat, and suddenly there was a, a big storm? Well, guess what? He kept on sleeping. He had peace. 
Could you sleep when you don't have peace? How many of you have that deadline tomorrow and you go, can't sleep? Huh? That very important interview, oh, I can't sleep. You had that argument, oh, I can't sleep. You had too much coffee, oh, I can't sleep. <laughs> but when you have peace, you can sleep, you can rest. And he kept on sleeping. And of course, the, the, the disciples, don't you care that we perish? The fact that they told him that meant that they were freaking out. They were, they were stressing out. They were afraid for their lives. And Jesus gets off his, oh, year of little faith. Why did he say ye of little faith? But why did he say that to them? Ye of little faith. That's a question. Answer that for me. Hmm? They didn't believe. You know that's part A of the answer? That is part A of the answer. There's part B now, but that is part A. What's part B to the answer? Exactly. Exactly. He already told them, we're getting to the other side. So Jesus didn't say idle words. He said, we're getting to the other side. So that means that we're going to get to the other side. Nothing was going to stop them. But they didn't believe what he said. See, that's part A and part B. Thank you. My man. All right. Praise God. So, but he was sleeping because he knew that he was going to get to the other side. And they're saying, we're going to perish. Oh, you have little faith. Peace be still. Amazing. So, what, what happens with us many times is that we're going through all this nonsense because we're not at peace. So the issue is not really, I need to be at peace, so I need everything quiet. Nothing has to be happening around me. I don't want no phone calls. No, sometimes you're going to have everything going off at the same time, and you're still going to walk in peace. Why? Because you know who you are. You know who you belong to. You know whose you are, right? You know the Spirit of God is in you. You know you have peace with God, and you have peace with yourself. Therefore, even though things are going awry, you're at peace. And the truth of the matter is you're useless in crises if you're, you know, all out there. If you're not in control, you are useless. I don't need you as a manager. I don't need you as a supervisor if you can't take pressure. I want a really important job like a manager. Well, then you better learn to take pressure. You have to be at peace in here. And I know for many years... Antonio, you gotta imagine you walk into the apartment, suddenly there's pipes burst and water all over the place. Hallelujah. And the Picasso is on the water. Wow. I go, mm -hmm. okay. Turn off um, the number C section pipe. Yeah, turn off that one C, C1, C3, and C4. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Ma'am, we got this under control. Everything's all right. What are you talking about, my Picasso? Be all right. We'll be all right. Also need the water vats. Bring them right away. Because if you don't, if you're not in control, everybody's running into walls. We need the peace of God. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. We need the peace of God. Hallelujah. Luke 10, 5 and 6. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. You can't bring peace if you don't have peace. You can't say peace if you don't have peace. Amen. You have to bring the peace. So if you bring the peace, what does that mean? It means that you're carrying the peace. Say to your neighbor, I'm a peace carrier. I'm a peace carrier. Hallelujah. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. So 
those that walk in peace know each other. Because Jesus said, if a son of peace. See, so when you're at peace, you talk to other people. You realize who carries peace and who doesn't. And there's a powerful revelation there. Because, see, I want to walk with people that also carry peace. Because I want to get encouraged. Now, I'll go and minister to people in crisis. But I'm not going to hang around people in crisis. I'm not going to chill with those that are continuously in crisis mode. No, I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to make sure that people around me are speaking peace into my life. Verse 18, it says, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. We have access. Say with me, we have access. We have access. That word access comes from the Greek word that means being led into the presence. Being led into the presence. So by God's favor, we have the privilege of acceptance in Christ. We have access. We have acceptance in Christ. And by this, we have access to his presence. So say, say to your neighbor, I have access through his presence. See, but part of the definition of the word means we have access. We have freedom to enter through his assistance. We can't do it on our own. See, so access there means being drawn to with his help. So God is helping you to have access. It's not that you just have access. He's actually helping you to have access. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for helping me. Access is not free. You have to pay for access. Access comes through relationship or through payment. I'm going to say it again. Access comes through relationship or by payment. How many of you have cable TV? You pay for that. You pay for that. You pay for that? Or mommy and daddy pay for that? One of the two. But somebody pays for that. Right? You pay. It's not free. Some of the younger kids, they have the phone. Yeah, I have my iPhone. I get seven-year-olds with it. iPhone 6, iPhone 8. Wow. When I was your age, all I had was a topo. You know what? The topo was. That's it. That's all I had. A spall, uh, trompo, trompo. I don't know, I just went Spanish just at the moment. What do you call them things? The top? Yeah, you tie them around with the string. I'm exposing my age. I couldn't even afford that. So I had to steal uh, from the chairs in school, the bottom part. So I could play skelsies. Then I used to melt the, the wax on them. Yes. A really nice one. Anybody mess with that, try to steal it from me, I would jump on them. That was a lot of work stealing them from school. <laughs> now, I'm not advocating that. Don't you dare leave this place saying, pastor's advocating that and steal stuff from school. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I was so broke. <laughs> I had no other way of getting stuff. And my parents, if they would have found out, my dad's starting from my dad. What was that? What was it that you were saying? I'm giving you a Spanish lesson. Cocotazo means you get hit in the head with one of these. Noogie. That Yes, yes. That, that's, that's the Merriam-Webster definition. Noogies. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, 
is even when I was young, you know, I was able to do something, had enjoyment, but it was not easy. In my day, it was not easy. But access, somebody has to pay for it. All right, so we get access to our friends by relationship. And you have to pay for your relationships. You have to pay for, pay for your friends. How? Time. You have to be there when they need you. If they're crying, you have to go cry with them. If they celebrate, you celebrate with them. See, there's an investment of time. There's an investment of honor. We, we get access to our family by relationship. When I go to my mom's house, she opens up the door. She invites me in, she, she invites me, she asks, asks if I want a cup of coffee, if I want tea, a sandwich, right? But if you go, you knock on the door, she'll say, who is it? And I mean with an attitude too. I didn't call anybody. I mean, she, she'll fight with you, but the door's still closed. Yeah, she's, she's, she, she doesn't like anybody in her house that she did not invite. But when I go, hi, Ma, it's me. Oh, me, she comes in. Access by relationship. It's very vital, very important. We also get access to God through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price. Salvation is free. No, it's not. Costly, weighty cost the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. The fact that he lived a perfect sinless life all the time thinking about us because we didn't have that ability. So salvation is costly. It's precious. It's important. And that's why I go into this Ephesians 3.12 in the classic ampli there are two amplified versions. There's one, the AMP, the amplified, and then there's the classic amplified. The classic amplified says this, in whom because of our faith Remember, see, we have to have faith. It doesn't come automatically. This thing does just, just doesn't automatically come to you. By faith, when we trust in Christ, because of our faith in him, we dare to have boldness, courage, and confidence of free access, an unreserved approach to God. I love that, unreserved. There are no limits. When, when, when we go to God, there's no longer any limits because in Christ, he took them away. Oh, uh, yeah, you can come with me, but I, 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 I want you to pray 10 hours first. I want you to give me, uh, you know, I don't know, special prayers first. Give me an offering first. No, come, my son. What do you need? Wow. God took away the limits. Unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. When I, was, when I wasn't saved, I feared to pray because I didn't think he'd hear me or I, did, I, I didn't think I was worthy. But God made me worthy. He adopted me into his family. So now I don't have to knock on my mother's door with fear because I'm her son, right? In the same way, I don't have to fear when I go to God, my heavenly father. I can go with confidence and boldness. And he says, yes, my son, yes, my daughter, I'm listening. What do you need? Oh, my God. And in this verse, it says, in whom? We're talking about Christ. In Christ. So in Christ, by faith, we have boldness and confidence. When you first go to an interview with a company, you go to the place where you're going to work if they accept you. How do you go in an interview? With the greatest of respect, trepidation, honor. You get there early. You dress well. You go in. You speak to the secretary. Hi, I have an interview. Sit over there. 
and you sit down and you wait your turn, then somebody else comes in from the company, hi, my name is so-and-so, I'm the VP, can you come with me a second? And they walk into the office and the, and the president of the company, you know, sit down, especially if you're going for a very responsible position, and, and you know, you're, you're, you're on the best behavior possible. Shaven, every hair is in place, and they ask you, you think first, you don't just you know, blurt out the first thing that you have to say, you know, yes sir, I, I've worked three years here, went to school here, and it's my intent, if you would give me the job to work very hard, I, I wanna be an asset in this company, I wanna grow with an up and coming company, and of course, since you research the company, you start saying a lot of good things about the company, right? Because you, you go prepared, right? Good. And they go, hmm, I'm impressed, I'm impressed with what you said, we'll call you back. You don't have the right to stay there. You have to get up and leave. You can't just hang out. You have to leave. Then they call you a week later. I remember one job I got interviewed for, two months later. Not two weeks later, not two days later. Two months later they called me, said you got the job. I thought they didn't hire me. I had forgotten about it already. You got the job when? I had to go back two months. It just didn't equate at the moment. I said, okay. See, but now, you get hired. Now, one year later, now you're in the company. Now, how, are you, how, how do you come in? Secretary, hey, how you doing? How's everything? Here's a cup of coffee. I know you like coffee. You come in and say, hey, VP, what's up? How you doing? Now, your family, you have access. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. You, you sit down, you know your, your, your I don't know, your co-laborers that are there with you. How you doing, Harry, Sally, and Joe, and you know, you know all the names. Going to lunch today, all right? Yay, man, all right, well, that's awesome. Now you have a girlfriend there because one year later you, you met a girl. You have access, it's different. It's family now. Let's go to the, to the company barbecue. It happens, a lot of these companies do that. I remember, I, I worked for a company like that. They flew us in for three-day training. We had a lot of food, it's so much fun. I said, it's cool to work in this company. And they flew me in and flew me back home. Access. That's the way it is in the kingdom of God. When I first came to a church, I sat in the back because I don't know you. I don't know anybody. And then they start singing and said, you know, I like that music thing. I said, I still play the music, right? I'm still helping out. Temporary. I'm waiting for the bass player. God send us a bass player. Two of them. So we could do shifts. But meanwhile, I'm, I'm still there. But I came in. I remember, heard the word. Then I came for prayer. I received Jesus. I was 15, 15 years old. But I received Jesus. Then the next week I came back and I saw the same people. I still was in the back. But then some of the spiritual dads and some of the spiritual moms came to me. What's your name? And they started to get to know me. Then one month later, I'm doing all right. Second month, I got up the nerve to go up to the guys that were playing the guitars and stuff. I said, can you teach me? And the guy said, well, take the guitar. And I looked at it and he said, here's the C chord, here's the D chord, the F chord. Now go home and study that a bit, you know, get a book. I said, sure. Two months later, I was already playing in the church. Because I was passionate, I liked it, I enjoyed it. My, my brain is, is, is musically synced. So that's how you, 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 you ever, the only thing I hate about that is that any song that's playing, my brain will remember it over and over and over again. I hate that, because sometimes I hear like a Madonna song or something like that, 
and I don't even like them, and I'm singing, you know? Material girl, material girl. I'm going, no! <laughs> Get it out! <laughs> but to this day, I still love my guitar. But access. A year later, I'm in the church. I'm having a great time. I'm part of the worship team. Um, I'm part of the youth ministry. I know them. We go out and play basketball, have a great time. Access. God has given you and I access. You're now part of a family. Say, say to at least three or four people, you're part of my family. Hallelujah. Amen. So in the same way now, we have the grace by God through the Lord Jesus Christ that we could be bold and confident in our prayers. I don't have to pray wondering, is God going to hear me? He hears me. I have access. I have access to hope. I have access to faith. I have access in my service. I can serve all of you with grace, with joy. I heard this yesterday. And it reminded me of why man is at his greatest output, his greatest joy when he's serving others. Uh, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. For my, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now I will give rest to your weary souls, right? I'll give rest to your souls. Isn't it interesting? He tells that to people that have burden upon burden upon burden. Yeah, he tells that to people that are carrying the weight of the world. Well, take my yoke. So now you want me, in, in, on top of this, you want me to carry your yoke too? No, what he was saying is his yoke is his love for humanity. His yoke was to see people connected to Heavenly Father. His yoke was to see people saved, healed, delivered. Amen. Luke 4, 18. You know, I'm anointed too. So he did. He, did. he went about doing good, healing, delivering people from being oppressed. So, so while you have your burden, take my yoke. And take care of somebody else and watch your burdens roll away. So what happens is, in the midst of our mess, if we can help others, something will happen on the inside. Where first and foremost we realize our thing might not be that bad, because man, look what they're going through. But number two, we're flowing in the spirit of giving, and the spirit of love, and then God starts helping us in dealing with our issues. Access. Access. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.12. He says, an unreserved approach to God. There are no longer any limits, people. Hebrews 10.35 says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. We now have confidence in our relationship with God, which has great reward. Never give it up. Yes. I have one minute left, and with that I want to say to you, never give up your faith, your hope, your confidence. It was paid for a tremendous price. And the thing that, that for me is sad, like that guy who threw away his Beamer because he wanted a Jaguar. You know why he did that? Because he didn't pay for that car. An entitled, spoiled man. And so his family says, well, you know, he's having emotional problems. What? He'll have another emotional problem. If I buy my son a car and he throws it in the water, More than one cocotazo. <laughs> and I'm not going to pay anything else. That's it. The grace is gone. I hope that family knows enough to put that man on, 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 you know, in a corner somewhere, put a dunce hat on for a year or two. 
You're not going to get anything from me until you learn the value. But here's the problem. When you don't buy it yourself, you don't appreciate it. When I was getting married, I was broke, man. You know, but I really wanted to get married. And, and you know, we had a humble wedding. So I was going to get married. Then my dad said, I want $40 a week rent. I said, Dad, man, I'm getting married. And you know, $40 a month, I mean a week. So every check, I didn't make a lot of money. I had to give him 40 bucks. I was so upset at that. But what he was doing, he was teaching me something. He was teaching me value. He was teaching me that I have to pay rent. I didn't like it. I want it free. Dad, come on, man. You've been taking care of me all my life. The $40 ain't going to be a big thing. Give it to me. I'm getting married. Nope, 40 bucks. So when I got married, he took all that money gave it to me. It was just teaching me something. So it was a, a nice event. And then after a while, I looked, I went, okay. All right, all right. So I wasn't so upset at him. <laughs> but years later, I realized he was teaching me something. And that is, you're not going to value something until you own it. The gospel is so precious. Such a heavy price was paid. And many, I, I, I don't know, many Christians, I guess, don't honor what God did for them. You know, somebody said sloppy agape. It's just like greasy grace. Oh, I honor what God did for me. I dare not mess with that. You know, we, sang that, we sing the song, I am a friend of God. He may be my friend, but he's still my Lord. I'm not going to say he's my homie. No, he's my Lord. He could call me friend, but I'm going to call him Lord. I'm going to honor him. Everything I do, I'm going to honor this access. I'm not going to abuse that access. When I go before him, I still bow my heart before him because he's worthy. What he did for me, what he did for my family, for my children, my grandchildren, because this blessing comes also to my family. So in, in, in understanding this access and understanding what Paul was teaching the church, he said, this is precious. He's drawn you close to him. He's given you the peace of God. And he's given you access. So honor that. Now you go and teach others also about that peace. Like we're doing on Saturdays and Wednesdays, but also at work, teach them about the peace of God. Your family, go back, because remember, every family has a redemptive gift. And if they don't know it, if your family's a mess right now, guess what? God's calling you to come back and speak a word of redemption to that family and to take them higher with you. Don't leave your family. Take them with you. One of the greatest joys I have on Facebook, my daily devotionals, is my own cousin reads them every day. Every day. And now she says amen to them. And I go, look at that. That is so cool. I'm ministering even to my own physical yes. family. So if you see somebody says, hi, sweetie. It's not like, you know, somebody. That, it's my cousin. She just talks that way. Yeah, so don't report me to my wife. You know? She says, thank you, sweetie. Good work. That's the way she talks. And I'm so grateful for that. What are we doing with this grace? What are we doing with such a precious gift that he's given us? Some of you get a gift, and it goes into the closet right away. 
you never see it again. Some of you get a gift and you treasure it. What's the difference? Because some gifts were given half-heartedly or it was not what we liked. Other gifts were exactly what we wanted, what we needed, and even beyond, we go, oh, I'll treasure this for a very long time, right? Well, guess what? The gift that God gave us in Christ, we need to treasure it for the rest of our lives. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me. So, Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift, the most precious gift of salvation. And thank you, Father, for the gift of peace that you give us with you, with ourselves, and among our family, and among our family in Christ. Thank you, Father, that we're able to take that peace wherever we go. We're able to bring that peace. We're able to declare that peace over our homes, our families, our communities, and our city, and our nation. And thank you for access. It was bought with a great price. We thank you for it. We bless you. We give you the glory, my God. We pray this moment for this nation. We pray that the peace of God would come upon this nation, upon our government, upon our president, upon his cabinet, upon our congressmen, our senators, the House of Representatives. Grant your peace, Father, that as they navigate the myriad of issues that they have to deal with on a daily, weekly, a monthly basis, I pray that your peace would help them to come together in a bipartisan way and help to bring healing in this land. Holy Spirit, I pray, move upon their hearts, upon their minds. Bless this nation with your peace, my God. Even in the midst of all these killings, and uh, Father, a lot of us are, are, we've been taken away or out of our peace. I pray that peace would be restored. I pray for those that would be right now looking at an internet and, and reading dangerous things that are propelling them to do something evil. I pray, Father, that you would grant them divine intervention. I pray that you grant them angelic visitation, signs, wonders, and miracles that they would not perpetrate the evil that is in their hearts. And Father, for those that are intent on doing it anyway, I pray that you expose it before they have a chance to hurt anybody, Lord God, that they might get the help that they need. Father, glorify your name, I pray. We'll give you the glory for it. And we thank you for your kindness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Did you get some out of this? I got my part. Praise the Lord. So in the midst of the summer, we have a strong and wonderful assignment. And that is to share the peace of God with others. To share the, the, the fact and the truth of the access that we have in Christ. Amen? And to share the fact that they also are a masterpiece. Precious. Say to your neighbor, you are a masterpiece. Amen. Let's all stand. Let me release you to the rest of your day. If you need prayer at the end of this, at the end of my prayer now, please feel free to come up if you need prayer. Um, and ask for some of the ministers and the deacons to come up and be ready to pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, this gift that you give us, because each day is a gift. And Lord, thank you for the family of God. Thank you for my church family here. And thank you, Father, that you've given us all redemptive gifts, anointings, and, and wisdom. Uh, Lord, you've given us ways of being, different type of characters. And you work through that. You work in that. And you've made us unique. So I pray that you would bless your people with the opening of the eyes of their understanding, like Paul said. 
that they would be able to see, Lord God, the width, the breadth, the length, and, and the depth of your love and what you have done in Christ, my Father, and that you could do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Thank you, Father, that you've given us access in Christ. Lord, bless your people with your peace. Your peace. Your peace. Say, say this with me. Say, I have, I have the peace of God. I am, I am a peace carrier. Amen. You carry the peace of God. So, Father, I thank you for your peace upon them. So as they go to their homes, as they go to fellowship, as they go to meet their families, their friends, I pray that your peace would mightily be revealed in and through them, wherever they go. We'll give you the glory for it, Father. And now we dismiss from this place, giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the name that is above all names, the Lord, the name of our Lord and Savior, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Remember, you're blessed and you're highly favored. So go be that blessing that God has called you to be. Have a great day.